0: Welcome to Inspiring Futures. I'm your host, Ed Cotton. This is a podcast where we talk about the how, what, and why of the future. Welcome to the latest episode of Inspiring Futures. Um, My guest today is Wayne Chang, the general manager of Saatchi Art. Uh, Wayne welcome to the the show. Thank Good you
1: I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for Thanks
0: having so me. Um you're out in LA in the in the, in the summer like uh winter of Los Angeles. I'm here shivering in, in Brooklyn. <laughs> um so uh Wayne why don't you take us through a little bit of your career trajectory what uh took you to where you are today.
1: Uh sure. Yeah, um I worked in uh, new media quite a bit. I, you know, every, I launched a, uh, in publishing, I launched, helped launch newsweek.com into, you know, its first public website out of its walled garden service. Uh, I worked at New York Times um, in its early stages of of its entry into the web. I'm sort of dating myself here. Um, so I've had, I've had a real strong interest in working um, in user experience and product development early on, um, for a lot of brands in, in the early stages of the web. Um, all the way through um, to I sort of evolved, uh, my interests evolved into more ecom and marketplaces. I really enjoy um, the way that the uh, buyers and sellers are able to interact directly and um, with less of a middleman, right? So uh, I prior so prior to Sachi art, um, I joined, uh, dog vacay, which was a, uh, a sort of airbnb for pets um, and that was really interesting to me and you know you get to work with uh, cute furry animals all day um but really helping um, pet owners find uh, uh, sitters um, around the world. but then um moving into sachi art, i uh, i have a real passion for art um, and i wanted to continue working in product management um, and building good internet products. and so, That fell in my lap. Um, It was incredibly, uh, uh, it was a dream opportunity, really, um, because I have a strong passion in art. Um, I am an artist, also a professional artist. In fact, I've sold through the Sachi Art platform well before uh, I actually joined um, on the product team. And so it was sort of the best of both worlds. It was like this perfect marriage. Um, and I've been at Sachi for now almost six years. It's been my longest tenure. Um, and I think a lot of that is because, you know, I think if you do product, uh, internet product, you, if you're good at it, you know, you can work in any vertical and any service. But if it's a, the business is something you, you have a lot of passion in and something you're really interested in, I think I, it just, it just makes that, that job a whole lot easier. And, um, and yeah, it's it's been this, uh, this this sort of perfect role for me.
0: That's really exciting. It's it's fascinating that you got that intersection of your experience and your passion because that's uh, you know something that uh, you're fortunate to have because uh, not a lot of people get that, right?
1: <clears throat> right. Yeah. No, it's uh, it, it was a sort of a dream job. Um, you know, I, I get to look at beautiful uh, artworks all day, and and also in the process, you know, supporting thousands of artists and helping collectors find the art they love. And, um, you know, there's nothing bad about that. So,
0: you know, it's, it's a fascinating, um, you know, in the early, you know, you were talking a little bit about the pioneering days of the internet and working Newsweek, and, um, you know, you've seen so much evolution uh, and transformation in terms of how we experience things. I mean, I'm sure you've got, you're, you know, you, the mobile experience now is, important part of um you know the 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 experience for users and uh you know so we, we've seen a lot of evolution and we've seen a lot of people a lot of categories that people said would never make it commercially yeah uh, commercially actually make it and art is one of them and you guys i think you have some are you the are you the you make the most money or you you're the you're the, you're the um the largest revenue art site in the world, or is it some, you have some stat?
1: Yeah, we are the the, the largest online art marketplace uh, for emerging artists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, we're proud to say that we do have, we're an open platform, right? So we have thousands of artists from over a hundred countries and uh, and we truly are an open platform. And so uh, there is some moderation, of course, curation behind that. Um, and I think that's where we provide a lot of the value, but, but we, we really wanted to stick to our core principle of democratizing the, the art market. I know a lot of people say that, um, democratizing the art space, um, but we really committed ourselves to that and basically just deconstructing you know the walls that, that make art, Traditionally and historically, not so accessible, and um, and that's where that's where we do uh, that's where we excel and in, um, in trying to make art gettable for, you know, it's not just about the wealthy art collectors; it, it can be anyone. Um, everyone should have access um, to be able to purchase affordable art that they love.
0: Yeah, I mean, gettable gettable is interesting because there's there's, uh, there's dimensions to that. You know, right, there's the affordability side and there's the conceptual understanding side and there's the, you know, there's, this di- there's a little dimension to that, right? right. As well right. as, um, you know, the navigation, it, 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 it just, you know, once you become big, serving up the right art to that people want becomes sort of a complex, te- you know, becomes a little bit of a tech uh, need, right, in terms of how you, how you solve for that, because... Uh, you can have a vast warehouse of books, but if I'm not seeing the books I want, then it's kind of useless.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think, yeah, it's interesting. I think um the the idea that um and you mentioned this earlier, if would we ever think that in this day we would be able to help our artists sell works, you know, average order price sometimes it's well over a thousand dollars, um, would be able to to help support these transactions online where the buyers are buying these works sight unseen. Um, And I think we're in a really exciting time where the technology and the products have made that very possible. And we've certainly taken advantage of that. Um, You know, right before the pandemic started and lockdown, uh, our, the other art fair, which is another part of our business, um, where we're able to showcase uh, over 100 artists in each fair. I think that had to unfortunately uh, pause um, given COVID, but at the same time, we also launched augmented reality, right? And as, as an example, so I think that technology, um, some things like that, and with the advent of uh, a lot of the mobile features are, that are available, it's, it made it really possible for people to envision their art in their space and I think the, the bridging that gap, right, for artists, for, for buyers to really understand what this work will look like on their wall, in their home, um, and visualize that in a much more meaningful way, there's this wow moment that, that we can help create for them. Um, but I think taking advantage of what's available at our fingertips um, with, with this new tech that's coming out and, uh, and really trying to push that as far as we can to help uh, you know, get over that hump of buyers being able, you know, having to buy art sight unseen, right? Well, that can now be a reality. They can actually visualize these things.
0: That's yeah, really interesting. I, I, um, I dabble a little bit in photography and I was, uh, I was talking to a curator, um, about, you know, likelihood of success and all that stuff and commercial success. And they were telling me, um, you know how many people do you know who buy art you know and you know actually collect and buy art and and it's really hard you know it's it's uh it you know you you guys are sort of embrace it's sort of a new marketplace that um you know yes you've got the traditional kind of profile of a collector that obviously has a you know there's a net wealth profile and there's a sort of a collector mindset. And now you're talking about a whole different group of people who you're introducing art to, and that must be quite interesting. And have you done any research on? The, is, this, is it a generational thing? Is it a psychographic? What who are the people who are who are finding you? And obviously, there's an affordability to to it that uh, and an accessibility which is kind of built baked into your mission. Um, but, but who who are you, who are you finding? Are your buyers?
1: Yeah, they they sort of run the gamut. Um, I think we have uh, several segments, but I would say on average, um, you know, college educated, uh, you know, slightly uh, higher household income, um, young professionals even, uh, but age group, you know, it spans anywhere from uh, 30 to to mid 40s or, or higher um but i would say you know and those are just general averages right but more often than not we actually come across uh sort of young we would call them aspiring collectors um they you know they have uh, some disposable income and they have some interest you know they just moved into uh a new uh living space and um and they may be in their 20s just fresh out of college first um you know career job and i think we do come across that quite often and we love supporting those those types of buyers as well because off more often than not um as you were saying like purchasing art there's so many of the factors that go into it um a lot of times they come to us and say i have no idea like what's good what what should i you know what should i purchase and and so we work with them um, and there's quite a bit of handholding. It's, it's very high touch, but we offer that service. And, and so we get a wide range of, um, of collectors. And and on the other end of the spectrum, we'll get collectors who they know exactly what they want. They'll tell us, here's our price range. Here's the, the, the wall, the color we, we, we have. Here's the furniture. Here's a, here's a photo of, of the space. And um, we want something abstract or black and white photography from a French, you know, photographer. So, you know, we'll get all these uh inputs and then we'll 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 help locate something that that checks those those boxes uh for them. So so yeah, it's uh we we get all kinds of uh, uh collectors. Um so there there's very little we we we've seen, we haven't seen, I should say.
0: So what about building building those relationships with people over time? Obviously there's a lot, you know you kind of tend to think, and you know, work in this internet space for long time, and talk about sort of like profiling and personalization and automation yep. of a lot of this stuff. But you were talking about sort of personal handholding. Is it a combination of the two?
1: Yeah, there's there's several ways that that we we approach it, and, and there's there's several uh, ways we think about that. Certainly, there are uh, there's technology to help you know i help someone identify the kind of art they're looking for if we collect certain inputs or you know we could certainly look at what they've uh, uh viewed on our site and where they've taken actions and you could sort of feed that into an algorithm right and and um but what's interesting about this business and why i love it is because its uniqueness the fact that it's one of a kind right it's an original if i go to another retail site uh, another retailer and i purchase a uh, pair of khakis they might recommend socks because other users have other other buyers have exhibited that same behavior right so you can do sort of product recommendations and pairing with this you can't it's a little trickier only because they're all one of a kind and once it's sold it's gone um there are print reproductions of course that you can you can sort of uh, explore and um and and play on that but when it comes to originals it's a little different um you can glean from some of what they do to determine uh, what they might be interested in, um, but there's a so there's a technology component to that, right? To try to arrive at we what we think is a good collection that we can curate for them from a technical perspective, and then there is the a lot of collectors they just you know they just want to work with another human being they want to work with an advisor um, because sometimes there are things you can, you simply cannot input into an algorithm. Um, and what they tell us sometimes may not be exactly what they're looking for, um, but that it's what they think they want. And so we work with them. And there's just that back and forth, that human element, that you're able to uh, extract uh, interests um, and very specific uh, things that they're looking for. And that sort of human personal touch sometimes um, can lead the collector down a path that, that wasn't expected and so it's really a combination of the two um, you know we have obviously the tech and the features to help us uh help collectors get there but i think uh, our advisors you know they're world class they're amazing at uh, helping collectors find what they're looking for and and they work very closely with them so it's it's sort of this um yeah we 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 lean on both um to help our buyers get there and um and yeah it's it's worked well for us
0: but there are two sides to the business, because there's the there's the collector buyer, and then there's the artist, right? So how 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 does the interface with the artist work? I mean, I always think you know Spotify being the same, you know, having a bunch of data, um, being able to tell artists about who's listening to what and where they're listening. Um, how do how do you work with your artists? Is that different? Yeah.
1: So we work with the artists. We do have a you know our curation team works. Uh, they work closely with the artists as well um and it's an open platform so any artist can sign up and uh, and get started right so that's easy it's it's a very level playing field um from that point on i think artists will write in and, and they'll seek you know advice or, or some counseling on you know, like how should i stage this um we have a uh, ample uh, documentation right on on how artists can get started and really build a robust profile um but if it's you know insufficient, like we have people who work with artists will reach out to us and say, you know, based on what I've produced, I've uploaded some of my works and I've created listings, you know, is there more I can do um, to gain you know, views or, or increase exposure? And I think um, our advisors will work with them on um, a good pricing strategy on um, how to how to market themselves, um, and even to the level of detail of helping them craft like a strong, compelling art artist statement. Um and so, you know, there's there's a quite a bit of work that that we do put in uh with our artists to come up with that. Um I would say also the there's a there's a lot of heavy lifting that we do to help set our artists up for success as well. Uh, a ton of merchandising uh behind the scenes, um, curating collections that are that get a ton of exposure on the main site, but we also have in working with our clients um, based on what we hear um, the, the needs are on the demand side will work and they have this almost. Uh, Uncanny like ability to retain a great deal of artists just just off the top of their heads. Okay, I know someone who fits that profile exactly and and who has, you know, the the exact uh, qualities and traits of the art you're looking for, and they'll, they'll pull that up. Um, And so we do quite a bit to help curate and put our artists works in front of a lot of private collectors as well. um and so, yeah, it's 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 a lot of work on both ends. But um, but we've we've done it very well um, in helping a lot of our, our artists um, uh, uh, be successful.
0: We're Talking earlier, and I, I was saying that, you know, I, I grew up and I was born in London and grew up and lived there for a long time and worked in the advertising industry. And Saatchi is a name that um, is embedded in my brain. And it's interesting that you guys have uh the Saatchi name still um yeah and yeah not is 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 uh what was the thought thinking behind that obviously they had they you you purchased us as an entity right
1: right yeah we um it was, it was actually before my time our chief curator mm-hmm. Rebecca Wilson um she was the uh, director at the Saatchi gallery um so we we kept our name despite now being independently owned. We parted ways uh, amicably but um you know we just wanted to retain that name because it did resonate with people. Um it's uh, it's still a very strong name. Um and it still conveys quality and, and curation for a lot of um uh, our our collectors and audience. So Yeah. And so we took that and um, we still saw a huge need for supporting emerging artists. And um, there was an opportunity on the internet. So we we kept that name. And, um, and, yeah, it's it's done well for us since. Um,
0: Yeah, it 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 makes sense. It was it's just um, interesting, interesting to see that brand and, you know, where, where it's gone. And obviously, you know, they have a huge place in London. And a physical entity right um, you mentioned you were mentioning earlier that you had um there was a component an events component yes the
1: uh, yeah, other art fair yeah
0: yeah so is that going to be back on are you, are you putting that back on that programming
1: we reopened our fairs um, super excited to say this it was um this just uh, it, it was so great to see um we reopened our uh, fairs last year actually um in uh, in New York and, and LA and London. And the turnout, we had smashed records, uh previous records. The, the turnout was amazing. Um and I think people are just they're over it. They want to go out and reconnect. They want to see art and and uh you know be part of a, a larger thing. And I I didn't I wasn't sure what it would be given all the you know the different mandates and and that's the other challenge right is working with uh, in different markets different cities or different local laws um mask or no mask social distance, distancing yep. or not yep. and and so we had to overcome that and um and so that was an interesting challenge and and we just weren't sure what what the turnout would be um but i think it was such an amazing welcome sight it was almost like this big emotional moment when we had opened the doors and and we thousands of people came flocking in and um, sales and attendance uh, we just broke records so so we're we're back on and uh, we're excited to say for this year we have a strong lineup as well um, including we're also going to reopen we did Sydney as well last year Sydney Australia so we're going to go back as well Sydney and, and Melbourne uh, London L A uh, Brooklyn um, and uh, Chicago and Dallas as well this year I believe so yeah we're Great. excited to so, so how that. how
0: did, how does the how do the live events complement the site how do the, are they separate completely or is there an any integration between the two
1: there is an integration you know we acquired them gosh I forget the exact year um, I want to say 2017 uh, we acquired the other art fair they had been doing really well uh, largely in uh, I would say uh, London and uh, the UK and and Australia, uh, and then when we acquired them, we expanded in, into the US, um, and so we some of the artists. There was a little bit of overlap. Uh, most of the artists were familiar with Saatchi Art, um, and what we decided to do was help expand them into the US. Uh, But we also showcased, uh, we thought it was a great opportunity to take a lot of those uh, other art fair, the art fair artists um, into the Saatchi ecosystem and also help them elevate within our brand. So, in other words, if you participated in the fair and exhibited, it's only for a three, four day weekend. And once that once that fair is over, um, how do they continue selling and building their online presence? And that's where Sachi Art complemented the other art fair very well. Um, and for us, for the artists in Sachi Art, going the other way, it was also a great opportunity going back to the idea of buying art online, sight and scene. Well, the other art fair provides that that opportunity for a lot of our Sachi Art artists to participate and connect with buyers and collectors in person, face to face um and the mission and ethos between the two entities i think made a lot of sense because Sachi art we try to you know really again make art accessible um and and help artists uh connect with with buyers and help them be successful and in the same way the other art fair does the same thing there are no galleries all the booths are uh, artists represented and managed the artists are there in person manning their own booths um and so again it's you you go there you're not going to talk to a gallerist or curator although we do have curators there to give tours and and help um help buyers find and identify uh uh, artists but ultimately when you go to a booth you actually connect directly with the artist and you get to hear um the artists the experience in the background and have them uh talk through it so it it kind of just all connected, and I think it it's very consistent with what we are doing on on the Sachi Art side, which is um, really just just making again making it accessible and bringing down that that uh, sort of the the old stuffiness of the the old traditional art world, right, and making it much more approachable. You
0: had sorry, sorry, I'm coming on in the background. Um do you have do you have rules? Uh can can artists do whatever they want in the booth, or do you have sort of like <laughs> uh standards and you know it's gonna be this size and you gotta do this and there have to be eight, have to be eight paintings on the wall, and or if you're a painter or whatever, or are they if you go there are you gonna be it's gonna be like a multitude of different, very different experiences, or is there sort of some sort of standardization?
1: Uh there's some standardization, but we also wanna let artists be. So Um, You know, our artists have done, uh, been very creative and, you know, sometimes they'll like install a a, a piece um, that isn't just a painting, they they may create something a little more immersive. They may uh, take liberty in decorating their booth, um, you know, painting a mural on there. Some of them will do live uh, demonstrations. And so we try to let the artists, you know, give them some freedom. There are certain, you know,
0: proceeding. oh yeah sure it's not i mean it's uh i just went to um in november i was at the paris photo oh yeah and uh the the amount of the the percentage of people that break outside the box is very small i mean it's just most people are doing the fairly standard uh, and, you know one or two maybe three or four galleries uh you know really come up with some really interesting way of of showing their artists um and and it really is refreshing when you see it you know
1: yeah um no it is i think and yeah some of our artists they'll they'll also engage with 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 attendees and they'll perform and and do you know live performance acts things like that um so for the most part i think you know we embrace it it's uh artists are artists and we want to we want to let them uh you know do their yeah. thing.
0: So, is there um is there a commercial like an advertising side to the business as well like, that involves have, you know we're seeing it everywhere you know um amazon obviously has a massive advertising business um you know all these other um e-commerce sites uh building you know massive advertising businesses is is there a an advertising uh business model um or are you staying away from it
1: um, you mean as far as us advertising another? Uh, well,
0: you know, sell- selling inventory, uh, selling sponsorships to the art fairs uh, involving corporate entities.
1: Yeah, we do, and um, and there there are sponsorship opportunities that we've uh, we've already engaged with. So, um, one of our bigger bigger partners um, in you know, the other art fair is is Bombay. Um, oh yeah, Bombay Sapphire, the gin company. Um, we've yeah. had a great relationship with them they've been our primary um liquor sponsor uh for past shows in the us and that's worked really well um and so you know there's a lot more we're doing but yeah there's there's definitely a partnership sponsor uh, sponsor opportunities that we've uh, we've we've done in the past
0: yeah no it's i mean i've been to i'm sure you're pretty familiar with freeze and um you know that that's sort of the i mean it's sort of <laughs> a little bit the other end of the scale it's sort of it's a sort of super aspirational uh, champagne brand type right. situation <laughs> um, uh, you know um, which isn't necessarily to everyone's taste and certainly when you, I mean it, it's interesting I find it very interesting that there's a sort of uh, you get in a lot of people who are who are window shopping at freeze because there's no way they could ever, ever afford the art that's on the walls I mean and the, you know when they ask you get sticker shop or is there something, there's something really, really nice about going to a place where you can actually afford the art? Yep, That's very refreshing.
1: I, yeah, I'm and I'll say this, uh, given the attendance, you know, for things like freeze and um, Basel, right? um, To your point, uh, a lot of it is the experience and going there people watching, it's, it's being in the moment, right, versus actual consumerism, that actually with the other art fair it's it's all of that i think the engagement with artists and the actual um uh, purchasing that you can actually acquire these to your point it is really refreshing to see because a lot of, a lot of our attendees do convert like they actually go there and they they will purchase the works especially there's that moment where they connect with the artist and and they hear the story and they understand and they get the background to the piece which i think is that it, which is really powerful and i think that also um sort of lends itself to you know the acquisition of works um and i uh, yeah i think it, it all it all plays well uh together and um and so a lot of attendees like they go in um with purchase intent um so it is it is really refreshing to see
0: how many how many countries are represented in the in the sachia is it how many do you know roughly is
1: it um in Saatchi art I would say it's over a hundred uh I don't oh,
0: that's incredible yeah
1: you yeah. know I would say uh yeah it's over a hundred thousand artists um almost yeah well over a hundred thousand um but over a hundred countries um so we ship to and from over a hundred countries <laughs> wow yeah, that's
0: incredible um so let's let's uh let's talk about the topic of, of the moment or it's been going around the the nft um yes. phenomenon how how are you guys um playing in that space is it is it uh an advisory it's, Are artists coming to you with nfts are you advising them Are nft artists coming how, how is it working for you guys
1: um, they are coming to us with a, a lot of ideas and requests and um both buyer and, and artist side. So we initially, when we were looking at this, um we were we had NFTs and blockchain technology, of course, on our radar for some time. Um, but we wanted to be thoughtful and make sure that the product and offering that we created was thoughtful and, and made sense. Um, and was on brand, um, and you know, hit all the things that are important to us, and making sure, uh, you know, we're supporting our artists, and and buyers are are able to to purchase works they they really love. So we didn't we we considered, and this this is still on our roadmap, which is building a marketplace that's integrated between physical art and. Uh, digital art and NFT. So imagine you could purchase a physical painting alongside an NFT, right. Um, but before we did that, we looked at creating a, an NFT collection, a drop. Um, and there were many reasons why we, we did that we wanted to um, first make sure that we were connecting with our art um, community um, in a way that we, we didn't want to hit them over the head and say, okay, here we go, here's a marketplace, um, here's NFTs and uh, and hope you buy it. It was, we wanted to slowly um, warm them up to the idea because there was a lot of education. Um, we weren't sure what the demand was going to be and given our uh, collector base, right? They clearly um, are fans of fine art and they purchase it. but. But how would they receive digital art and NFTs? And so that was um, for that reason, we, we created this drop. Um, we brought them in slowly and did a lot of handholding and, and education around it. Um, on the artist side, that was the same thing we wanted to bring them in. And a, a lot of our artists actually were not they know they knew about NFTs and and the craze um, that was happening, but they did not. A lot of them have not really dabbled. They they actually haven't you know minted anything or created digital works. Um, some of them have, but for but that was you know those were more uh, the exception. And so we knew that there was a bit of a learning curve, and and but we again we wanted to make sure that that they were brought into this um and and educated and and we help them along the way to to get there. So so for that reason we we took the approach of creating this NFT drop. Um, and and again, another piece to this, we also wanted to make sure that we met the crypto natives, the digital natives, um, and meet them where they are, right? So if we were to create this marketplace, why would they come to us? Um so we wanted to make sure that uh they were also involved instead of us going it alone um and so we we really wanted them to be part of this because i felt like the other way there is this sort of movement and trend of a lot of uh token collectors and and investors really starting to appreciate fine art um digital art and and so we thought that uh, bringing them in with our curation around this drop, um, we can you know, sort of help push the, the, the trend that way to, to our drop as well.
0: So what was the result?
1: The results was the other avatars. Um, that was our project that we launched uh, in late gen. And the project itself, um, to explain, we it was basically, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it was a first of its kind project that we thought was uniquely positioned. Right, uh, like we were unique, uniquely positioned to bring to life. So it was a series, about twenty five hundred handmade, originally designed, one of one avatars, um, and created by over one hundred and fifty artists, one hundred fifty four of our artists. Um, uh, that we handpicked um, by our, cur- our curation team. So each artist actually created about 10 to 20 unique avatars, uh, all inspired by uh, self-portraits of uh, Vincent Van Gogh. Um, and we knew that in the NFT space, we knew PFPs, profile pick collections, avatars, you know, of course, you know, everyone knows uh, CryptoPunks and Yacht Club. Uh, but we knew that for us, that wasn't you know, generative art that is art generated by a you know, computer programmer script. Mm-hmm. That wasn't really um, our core competency. And you know, we have this uh, amazing community of super talented artists. Um, and so, and we, we specialize in original art. So how do we make that work together that in a way that made sense? Um, and so in using Vincent van Gogh's portraits, uh, we thought it was actually there was a lot of interesting parallels around that because he's sort of emblematic of uh artists he was an artist that was misunderstood right um during his time he was way ahead of his time prolific uh but uh but he wasn't appreciated um at that time and i feel like there's a little bit of that with a lot of the creators and, and it's you know there's a lot of skepticism and cynicism around it And we thought that that was a a really good alignment, like, okay, let's go with this, let's use him as a template, but let's let our artists, they let's have their take. They would produce these um, uh, Vincent van Gogh avatars in their way, their style. And so um, it it was an amazing project as you can imagine, you know over 2,500 avatars, it was all original one of ones. That's quite a quite a heavy lift. Uh, so, uh, big thank you to our our curation team uh, and Monty Preston, our curator who oversaw this to put that together. But um, but we were able to do that, and that project we launched it to the pub in a public sale uh, on a Monday morning, I believe, and it was sold out in in 20 minutes. Um, So it was hugely successful. It was also a blind reveal, I should mention. So a lot of people participated and they jumped in. We had a reservation list and a presale. Anyone who had a reservation was able to come in and mint, but we didn't do the reveal. So you actually didn't know what you got until um, later on that day. So there was this amazing Mm -hmm. brain moment where, okay, I got my token, I got my avatar, I don't know what it is. And we turned it on and revealed it. And there was just this, really cathartic just amazing moment of um you get to see all the works in one swoop the yeah. 150 plus diverse styles from all of our artists amazing. um coming through and and uh yeah it was just really amazing uh powerful moment
0: did you did you have a, a limit was there if you if if you got a token w- was there a limit to how many pieces you could acquire or
1: we did put a limit. Yeah, we we set a max. Um that's uh, not to get too into the weeds and I'm glad you brought that up because we also learned um you know I personally participated in a lot of projects myself and uh other members of the team. So we we did a ton of research to see where, you know, sales and pre-sales have done well and and what we wanted to do was um you know, we hear a lot about other drops where someone will come in and just sweep okay. and just take over everything or write a script or a bot right that just yep. snatches up all the reservation tokens we wanted to make sure um so we put a lot of guardrails to make sure that that wasn't the case we aired on the side of um, making sure that we aired on the side of more people being able to mint and reserve a token than um you know even if that meant at the expense of not selling out during pre-sale so for a quantity of 2500 you know if we had know 100 buyers or uh, reservation holders we made sure and we set a cap to make sure that um, anyone who had a reservation was guaranteed to be able to mint at least one token but because of that cap yeah there was there was there was a max you couldn't uh you couldn't buy more than than what we had set um and and so in that pre-sale we sold about Half um, and minted about half, and then in the public sale, that's the other half sold out in twenty minutes. Um, but everyone was uh really—I I think it—it it was hugely successful. I think a lot—it was a really positive response, and how that was executed, in making sure that everyone um, was able to mint um, everyone who showed up at least with a reservation was was able to to get one.
0: So did you did you find this was uh, driving new collectors? to sochi art or was it your existing collector base dabbling in NFTs?
1: There's, there's a mix. Um, we actually had, uh, some of our Saatchi collectors, uh, fine art, you know, traditional uh, art collectors, um, that did participate in the initial round, um, they purchased tokens. And, uh, and so that was, that was promising to see. I think there's still room for growth, but. Um, but I, I, I think there's, those are really good early indicators of what's to come. Um, and on the other side, we had a lot of crypto natives who, um, were new to acquiring art and part of this project. We also had our, a lot of our artists, as you can imagine, they're traditional artists. Um, they work in paint, you know, they're painters, sculptors and so forth. They had, you know, physical pieces. And so we also sold the physical twins. So anyone, you know, if they painted a, an avatar of a Van Gogh, they also sold the painting on on our platform, and our crypto, uh, our token holders had first dibs um, to purchase that, and we saw some of that as well. So that was promising. Um, they purchased the physical art for the token they already owned. So, um, so yeah, it was interesting seeing that that activity both ways.
0: So, so do you think the model? It seems like a really interesting model to give a brief. A similar brief to um, to, your, to the artist community, or the, to a selection, a curated selection, uh, of the, and then have them interpret. Seems like a really smart way to go about it. Do you think there are other ways of that, uh, beyond that model?
1: Um, you mean as far as giving them sort of this template
0: that affects- Van go, Well, you got it. Yeah, you got a template. You got an idea, but you got you got variations on the theme, and it really sort of celebrates the variety of artists you you have and uh it, it plays into you know i i like the way you explained it as a as sort of there's a uh emotional connection yeah. through the van gogh brief that was a re- great place to start and um i yeah. just wondered if that becomes a there's another the other there's a, a similar model which is you give them another brief you know it's not van gogh but it's right right yeah or whether it's uh I mean, there are obviously different ways of doing this. As you said earlier, you know, there's the physical art combination with a NFT that maybe some people just that starts to become part of the, the product suite or part of the, the the experience that that you can buy. You know, um, so there's, there's, how do you, how do you see it evolving?
1: Yeah, I think um, when it comes to these drops, I think having some parameters or structure is is not necessarily a bad thing and i uh to be honest we weren't sure how our artists would receive it uh with the other avatars project and giving them a van Gogh template and what was amazing was that they they took to it and and just ate it up and they were it was they were very receptive and so in the next brief in the next drop um we're also going to provide some construct around it. I think that tends to do well because at the end of the day, what we, st- we still want some cohesive, you know, theme that ties these works together in a collection that makes sense, right? It, it needs to have a sort of consistent cohesive thread um, um, through the collection so that it tells a story um, and sort of unifies it all together. So we, we wanna be mindful of that. And so for that reason, we do wanna provide some structure around it, uh, but. At the end of the day, not too much that it it becomes too heavy-handed, and the artist isn't able to do his or her thing and 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 let their style flourish um, in the piece. So so it's it's a it is a, ba- it's, it is a balance. It's it's a dance that that we have to do. Um, but uh, but I think that model works at least for now. For the next drop, we have a few ideas, and but we have uh, you know, and there's some parameters around that, but. But we're, we're also going to be careful not to um, you know be too overbearing on on what they do, and we want to let them uh, be able to express and uh, and do it in
0: their way, their style. Sorry, just came off mute. Um, one, you made me think about something, which was um, we started talking about the. Everyone's talking about the creator economy and you know the, the the empowerment of these creators in the metaverse is either the metaverse is either going to be controlled by Meta or it's going to be uh you know Roblox or somebody else who's gonna you know offer offer a true creator economy and they're not gonna take their but this idea that you kind of in you can't really insulate yourself from the system. There is still an art system. And some art critic in the New York Times decides that one of your artists is the next greatest thing, whatever reason, what happens? Because the system starts to impact your artists. And I mean, I I saw this. I did a little bit when I was in San Francisco, a little bit of work for SF MoMA. And I did a lot of interviews with artists and curators and stuff. And the general consensus I got was, um, no one stuck around San Francisco once they 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 always moved to New York once they once they'd got enough credibility and, and momentum
1: mm-hmm. they went
0: you know and I know we're not talking about a physical thing but it's still there's still a system in play yeah and there's still people enter prizes and a, and a competitions and 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 if they win those competitions they get more more prestige right. <laughs> so you can't insulate yourself completely and is is there a how do you deal with that? Because it's an interesting problem. You know, you, you, you kind of, you, in some ways, you don't want that to be part of you, but in some ways, you do.
1: Yeah, it's. I, I think when it when we're talking about the traditional art world, right, um, the idea of uh, it, it used to be right. Um, artists would try to get published to get exposure, or they you know seek gallery representation, yeah. and, and of course, going to New York, right? That's that's where it is, um, but. That has sort of moved on with um, the advent of the internet. Of course, um, services like Saatchi Art has made has made lower the hurdles and made it a little easier for artists to um, build their own brand and presence um, and business. And and of course, with social media, right? That's they've been given tools to market themselves too. And what's interesting about but, but still to that extent, there's still, you know, some gatekeeping and with Web3 and the promises behind it, that it's, you know, everything was gonna be decentralized. And so, uh, so artists and creators are no longer beholden to, you know, a lot of large corporate entities like the YouTubes and, and so forth, right? Um, but I, I also feel like while there is, there is progress being made, and I think the the opportunity for artists to still transact, and in, you know, there is an exchange that can be had directly with collectors and buyers through the blockchain. I also feel like there are there's still a need for some centralization, where you have you know whether it's Sachi Art or you know things like Foundation and SuperRare to be able to provide that curation. I think there is still a need for um places to help um uh the community find uh interesting art um out there and i i feel like that that's still going to be around um and because it still provides a lot of value i think for for um, people seeking uh good digital
0: art I, I guess i guess my point was um you know the the the, the danger that people swoop in and they, and they take your artists and and they promise them a dream. you know they promise them the dream and they, they see that they, they they built up some momentum and then they go and say look we can take you higher you know we can you know i don't know it sounds it sounds ridiculous and maybe it doesn't make sense but i i just wonder if there's just cuz all i all i was just sort of saying is even even if the ideal is the democratization yeah. um the reality is inside every artist is the desire to be you know accepted by the establishment and and recognized by the establishment and that establishment still i think exists
1: yeah there is um i think there are a lot of artists still you know they i think a lot of them strive to uh be noticed by gagosian or yeah oh so, how's it worth, right galleries they're still um you know they're, they're very reputable galleries that that artists still want to be part of and we specialize with emerging artists um right and so our job is to really set them up and and get them started and and help them uh build their business in, in the early stages and and it's not unusual um you know it's not uncommon for artists to get quote unquote snatched up Uh, by a gallery and but I would say more often than uh, it's actually not as common now where artists are like well I'm going to go off your platform because you know I'm going to I'm entering an exclusive Mm. deal it's it still happens uh, every now and then but for the most part um, I'd say artists will uh, get picked up by a gallery but they'll continue you know selling on our site Mm. uh, on our platform so uh, there is a trend where I think that's less the case. I don't think as many artists are really buying into exclusive deals, not as much as 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 the case before. Um, so, and by the way, at the end of the day, like our mission, helping artists and supporting them and elevating them, that's great. And if they you know move on to a, a, a much bigger gallery, a bigger stage and platform, like that's you know you kind of done your job. It's validation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If they quote unquote graduate to to uh, you know something yep. something much bigger you know that's 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 great
0: does that mean um uh relationship with art schools is kind of a, a quite important could be quite important um you know uh, that uh, art schools recognize students in art schools recognize that they have an opportunity through you
1: um that's interesting yeah we haven't uh worked uh too much with uh schools in the past although you know we we definitely have, have talked about it um but uh but no it's it's certainly a a, a lot of a untapped resource um, for a lot of artists coming out um a lot of MFA uh, uh graduates um moving in and we we certainly see them but as far as i know there, there isn't anything sort of formal in place mm-hmm. um but it's not unusual for a lot of uh you know recent uh Art grads to to join our platform, um, and we also, with our platform, uh, have uh, features that highlight that as well. Uh, their education and background, and and we we certainly help use that as mm-hmm. to help them uh, build their their statement and 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 story.
0: Do you think? Do you think um, versus the gallery for emerging artists, one of your biggest competitors is could be Squarespace or something like that, where the sell is you can sort of do it yourself, and you, you know you're a social media wizard, and you know we can we we can help you build the platform, and you can go out and market your market yourself, and you don't need anyone. There seems to be a certain, um, you know, that's a, that there's a certain uh, message that some of these. I, I know that at SVA and at Parsons, um, you know, a big part of the education is is building your own brand. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge part of, uh, uh, these programs, these art programs now. And so I, I, and I wanted to just, and given that we've, you know, given that we have a digital generation who've grown up, you know, building their own profiles on social media, that there is a certain group of them who believe they can, they just, oh, we can, I can go out and do this on my own. Uh, Right. I I think that's kind of interesting. It's trying to, I I mean, I'm just, I'm just playing sort of marketing, Uh, (laughs) marketing 101 for what bit, but the, the, the idea that who, who is actually, who are actually your competitors. And I wondered if it could be somebody like a Squarespace.
1: Um, it's certainly, uh, like a, a substitute, right. For what we offer. Um, and we have many, many artists in our uh, community have, uh, personal websites, um, they've set up, you know, they've gone as far as setting up their own, uh, checkout cart flow on, on, on their site and, um, um, and and they've set up Shopify uh, on their own and I think for those artists that's really amazing that that they do that Um, and we certainly don't uh, discourage it. I think especially with other social media accounts if they are pushing themselves and promoting their brand elsewhere we actually encourage that um, and link it back to our site. Um, So. Uh, but at the end of the day, the value that we offer beyond just simply the hosting and the infrastructure—sure, that's that's there—is um, there's. I think what a lot of a lot of artists do eventually find out is we have um, a huge support system behind us, uh, a team of, of of advisors and sales staff that's really pushing um, yep. these artists out front and center. But again, if the artist is very comfortable selling himself or herself um and and getting out there and hustling i think that's that's remarkable and admirable but we also have those resources to get them there too um i should mention we also have a hospitality business uh, b2b side which is um growing incredibly fast and we have a lot of trade clients and that's another channel that we push okay. artists through um so the opportunities are there and uh we have an army of people that that are getting our artists front and center uh, in a lot of in front of a lot of clients uh
0: so just to just to kind of end what what are you excited about looking looking forward to the next 12 months what's uh what's out there that you guys are doing or that you're generally seeing that's uh beyond you know beyond the nft that that you're excited about
1: uh beyond our project um i would say you know working on our next drop yeah our next collection um in which we are really excited about and one thing i want to mention with the drop that we did we wow. made sure that we were able to sustain a good level uh, you know inclusion and, and making sure that it represented
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, a good mix of artists um mm-hmm. you know we have uh half of uh, over 50 percent women um which is something we're really proud of and also uh over f- uh, uh 30 countries so we want to do the same in this next project, and the reason I say that is because what I'm also seeing at a larger scale, you know, especially in such a new space is the conversations that are happening around this. Mm-hmm. Um, the the you know if we if you look at other verticals and other other industries, um, you know that that sort of progress happens at a different pace but in a in such an early stage in the space it's it's actually remarkable to see that these conversations are being pushed and talked about there are projects and platforms that are trying to address this and so i i take comfort in knowing and seeing that so my hope and what i am excited about is to see more of these come through you know world of women is one project of course that comes to mind Um, But I really do feel like uh, I'm excited about the chance of making that progress uh, with regards to, you know, inequality and uh, 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 underrepresented groups. Um, And so, yeah, I'm excited to see that um, in this space. Also, yeah, as far as the... NFTs uh, go. I think there is so much happening. Um, it's it's actually really difficult to keep up. Uh, but we uh, the the art that's coming out um, that we're seeing. I think a lot of digital creators they finally have a platform that uh, they're able to secure value. And so what we're seeing now is, is is exciting. And I think there's just a lot we still don't know, and how that content and artwork will take shape um in the next year but but i'm excited about uh, about that and um and yeah there's uh there, there's a lot happening in the next year so looking forward to it
0: very very cool great conversation thank you so much for your time i, I really appreciate taking time and uh, going through what you guys are up to because it's it's really fascinating likewise Is your host, Ed Colton. Thank you so much for listening to Inspiring Futures. Until next time.